And finally, one night, I think it was late, like 11 o'clock at night, I was out in the driveway with my brother, and we kept trying things, and finally, we got it started. This is Dave Eastman, and I'm happy to bring you Episode 4 of the Auto Owner Story Podcast. In this episode, Kevin Hughes will tell us about his small British car that made its home in Southern California. Kevin bought the car for one purpose, and that was to carry a surfboard that was probably as big as it was to the beach and back. So, hello, Dave Eastman here. I'm uh, here on the Auto Owner Story podcast with Kevin Hughes. He's my brother-in-law, and he's agreed to do an interview today. So, you know, I'd like to tell you just very briefly about Kevin, and then uh, we'll have him go ahead and, and tell, tell us a little more detail. But, uh, you know, Kevin is really a talented guy. He's able to do a lot of things. He's, uh, he's in his career. He worked as what I'll describe as a draftsman slash engineer. He may add to that and, and make that a little more clear, but that's kind of how I viewed him over the, the, the time that I've known him. Uh, he's also an accomplished artist. He does painting quite a bit of it. Um, he's, he's got a lot in his house. He's sold a lot, and he goes to art shows and things. Um, he, Kevin is a master craftsman with wood. That's how I describe him. He's very good, and I think a lot of people that know him would describe him the same way. He's also a Bible teacher and educator. Um, so really a talented guy, and he's, uh, he's just a great brother-in-law, and he's taken good care of my sister, Gail. She actually did a previous uh, interview here on the uh, podcast. So anyway, Kevin, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your story. Okay, thanks, Dave. It's, it's uh, nice to have an opportunity to do this. So maybe I'll start out with um, a little bit about myself. And so um, I live in Boise, Idaho right now. I've been here since 1978. And, uh, but I basically grew up mostly in the city of Ventura, California, which is um, just south of Santa Barbara, about 30 miles or something. So as uh, Dave said, um, I'm married um, to Gail, and I got married to Gail in uh, 1974, so we've been married a really long time. And um, I have one daughter, and that one daughter has five uh, children. So I have five grandchildren. In fact, I just had um, uh, the fifth one uh, came about last year, so she's about one year old. And like Dave said, I have hobbies, and so my hobbies are woodworking and uh, uh, building furniture and things like that. I'm also uh, what they call a plein air artist. So a plein air artist basically um, uh, paint in the open air. It's a French word that just means open air. So I do a lot of painting outside where with a group of people, and that's uh, very satisfying. So. And then um, my career, I, I worked with civil engineers, and my main function as part of that was, like Dave said, it was a draftsman, or nowadays they call them CAD draftsman or, or computer draftsman. And uh, my main um, responsibility in most cases was designing roads. So I designed, designed streets and roads and sometimes even uh, sections of freeway. And so 
um, that was kind of the emphasis of what I what I've done. Excellent. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I uh, I walk here around my home, Kevin, uh, uh, as many days as I can. And I believe there's a road that you, if I remember right, you helped design up here on Oahe, kind of a hill there. And so I, I think about you frequently when I walk that road. And and I'm not sure if I'm remembering correctly. But anyway, uh, yeah. So you've really done a lot with your with your uh, work in, in the industry that you're in. And, and uh, you know, your other hobbies are, are obviously uh, uh, really fun and, and interesting to, to watch you do that and, and see you do that. Um, so... So today we're, we're, we're looking for stories about uh, cars and, and uh, you know, fun stories, interesting stories, helpful stories, that type of thing. So what's on your mind, Kevin? What are you going to share with us today? Well, I decided to talk about my first vehicle. I know for most people, um, their first vehicle is really has a lot of memories just because if they didn't have a car before and then they do have a car, it's really fun to talk about that event and the things around that surrounded that event. And, um, I, uh, was 17 years old when I got my first car. It was actually after I graduated from high school, my parents didn't want me to have a car in high school. So after high school, after a few months, I found out that my grandfather who had passed away just recently had a car that he used to drive back and forth to work. And that car was a Hillman Husky. A lot of people have never even heard of a Hillman um, brand name before. It's from England. And the Husky was a car that was a tiny little four-cylinder car with a stick shift. And it was a little station wagon that only had two doors on it. And the back had kind of a hatch on it, which they call an ambulance-type door where the door swings swings across from left to right instead of lifting up like a hatch did. And so it was actually a 1960 model uh, car. And I found out that my grandfather was selling it for 75 bucks. And so my dad went down there with me and he took his uh, pickup and we rode together and when he got there, I found out it wasn't running, partly, I think, because the battery was dead and all of those things. So he actually uh, put a chain and attached it to my car, and we bought the car. for. Uh, I, off, I said I'd pay 75 bucks, and my dad volunteered for me to pay 100 So I'm not sure why he did that, but uh, he negotiated me up instead of down. So... <laughs> We we ended up tying a chain, and he told me for 30 miles from Santa Barbara to Ventura, and then we pulled the car up and put it in the driveway, and then over about a two-week period, it took me to figure out how to work on cars and how to um, fix things and identify the problem areas and asked a bunch of questions from friends and neighbors and different people to try to get the car running. So it was, um, it was really important car to me because at that time I was already a, a surfer at that time. I mean, I wasn't just, I was uh, a competitive swimmer in high school. So when I wasn't in the swimming pool and all the chlorine, I was out in the salt water and, 
doing surfing and I would go like two or three times a week to the beach and do all that. So I really liked the idea of this car because it was perfect for uh, putting a surfboard on top or even a smaller surfboard on the inside. So after I got the car, I got it, finally got it running. After all this help from the neighbors, I had to put a new battery in and all these things. And then a quirky thing happened was I realized after looking at the car closely that my grandfather had put four different size tires on this car, which you're supposed to never do, I guess. So <clears throat> I the, one of the first things I did, I had to replace all the tires. You just had inexpensive recap tires, if you know what those are. And so I had to replace all of those tires. And then I took off and checked all the brakes and checked all those things. And uh, I got to the point where I thought, well, I want to fix this thing up and, and make it really fun to take to the beach. So one of the earliest things I did is after I cleaned up the inside, I put a um, four and eight track stereo in the car. So at that time, this brand name of stereo called Months Stereos, and, and Months was invented by a guy named Madman Months. And so I think they may still be in business. I'm not sure. But anyway, I installed this four and eight track um, player in my car and I actually installed six speakers in there. And the reason I put six is because I didn't want four because four wasn't enough. So (laughs) I paneled the inside of the car with um, paneling and then installed these speakers and then did some other cosmetic things on the inside to just clean it up and get it right. And then I wanted to have just a really small mattress behind the back seat. So when I folded the middle seat flat, it would have a, it, it created a flat area in there. So I wanted a small foam mattress in there. So I went down and got some foam rubber and cut that to fit the back. And then my older sister, her name was Colleen. She was very good at sewing. She made all her own clothes and her um, her prom dresses and all that. And so she said she would make me a cover for it. So she made me a cloth cover to slide over it. And, and so it, you know, looked better than just raw foam in there. And so then I put that in there and I got the thing running and it was quite fun. And... Um, so, Kevin, just uh, real quickly, um, so the size of the car, I mean, are we talking a little uh, car here? Kind of a, what would it be in today's uh, age, like a, what was bigger than a Volkswagen Bug, I'm assuming? Well, actually, it wasn't much bigger than a Volkswagen Bug. It's very, very small. I have some, still have some pictures of it and stuff and the person be able to see, but it's in England, you know, they would, they would, all their cars had radiators and regular inline four cylinder engines, and it had very little ho- horsepower. I mean, you had to kind of, like a Volkswagen, you had to take a run at hills and you couldn't just power up them. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was a small car then. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happened next then? So you, you got it running, it sounds like, right? Yeah, so just kind of backing up a little bit, we, uh, my brother Tim and I worked on it. We would go out there every day and crawl underneath it. We put it up on jacks and, 
at first we couldn't figure out what was wrong and and we kept going to our neighbor who was two doors down who was like a, one of those guys that was just a born uh, mechanic his name was Swede Larson he was had a Swedish name and he worked for the Navy and any question you ever asked him, he always had an answer and he had all the tools too. So we would go down and say, well, my car's doing this or my car's doing that. And what do you think it is? And he would say, Oh, well, that's probably this or it's probably that. And so then he would say to fix that, you need to do this thing. So we would do that next thing. And finally one night, I think it was late, like 11 o'clock at night, I was out, in the driveway with my brother and we kept trying things and finally we got it started and the and the car roared to life but there was only one problem is that the muffler had a big rusted hole in it so it just roared like a v8 but it was this tiny four-cylinder engine so uh, we were pretty excited about it so we drove it around the block even though it was roaring with with this loud muffler and we thought we were pretty cool at that time for for getting it started after you know two weeks of time working on it. So. All right, so you got it going then. Yeah, so we got it going, and then it had a, an odd clutch. It was a, um, it was a, I think they call it a hydraulic clutch, where you it kind of worked like brakes do, where it had fluid in there, so when you pushed on it. Um, the pedal, it had depressed a cylinder, which caused pressure to do the brakes. So instead of mechanical brakes or some other type of brakes, it would do that to uh, to get it going. And so we had to bleed those lines and get those all going and all that. So, yeah, once we got it going, then it was just cleaning it up and making it look good and getting it ready to go to the beach. So. Yeah. So did you... How did it go? Did it did it turn out to be what you wanted? You were able to take your surfboard and you probably had to put a rack on, I assuming, because surfboards there in Ventura were pretty big then, I think, weren't they? Yeah, so we're talking um we're talking about nineteen sixty-six I bought this. So the car was about six years old, and I don't think I've mentioned that the car had really no mileage, so that was kind of nice. It only had like twenty-eight thousand miles on it. And, um, yeah, so I had to get a, um, some surf racks. So they, they bolt the surf racks, of course, bolt to the rain gutter on the top of the car. And then my first surfboard, which I think I still had at that time was 10 foot, two inches. Um, and I put that on there and then it had rubber straps to hold it on. And then I was able to go to the beach at that point. So I would take the car and and uh turn on the the four and eight track player with my six speakers going and play a little rock and roll a little beach boys music and uh go to the beach and uh surf for a couple hours and then load everything up and come back and play that music again and i would go to the beach you know a couple times a week at least and do surfing in that car and i just have so many memories of how how important that car was and how fun it was and how practical it was for going to the beach and, and getting around. So, yeah. So did you take it on any trips or did you go beyond Ventura or anything with it? 
Well, it wasn't that good on the freeway. I think top speed on it was probably 75 miles an hour or something like that. And that was really working the car. So I did most of the time I had it. I, I rode around town in it and just went to the nearby beach, which was near the Ventura Pier. And uh, it was called the Ventura Point where most people went and surfed. And then sometimes I would take it, go towards Santa Barbara. And on the way was a well-known surfing spot called the Rincon. And the Rincon in Spanish means the corner. So used to go there and they usually always had good waves for surfing and, and all of that. So it, it was, it was really good for that. So. Yeah, that's a pretty good drive. I think you said Santa Barbara is about 30 miles north of Ventura. I mean, I'm, I'm from that area too, obviously. Gail and I lived right. in Oakview there, but uh, we, once we grew up, we lived in Ventura, but uh, what was it about 30 miles from Ventura to Santa Barbara? Rincon was probably what halfway or closer to Santa Barbara. Yeah, it was about fifteen or twenty miles, maybe halfway or so. Yeah, it's down there. So it was right next to the freeway, and of course the 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 freeway one hundred one freeway is right next to the ocean there, and the the beach and the Rincon Point. They, it was a point also. So basically, when the coastline bumps out or 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 has a extended out in the ocean it usually creates better waves in those locations and that's why that's area known that area is known for that so yeah so did you take anyone with you when you were surfing or was it was it a one-man car <laughs> uh, yes most of the time i think i was by myself just because everybody was so busy and doing all that but sometimes i'd take my younger brother tim who was two years younger than me and he was into surfing also. So we would put two boards on the top and, uh, and then go there and play all the music together. And then um, I don't think I mentioned that between the seats, I built this long narrow box that just fit four and eight track tape. So I would slide these tapes into the box that just, they would just fit into the box. So I would have them handy as they went to the, from tape to tape to tape to play different music that I wanted to hear at that time. Also, of course I had a radio in it too. It didn't come with the radio and the, the dash had the speedometer was in the center of the dash instead of the uh, speedometer being in front of the steering wheel. It was in the center of the dash with a great big dial. And also I remember about that is when I first got the car, I drove it around and uh, the needle on the speedometer would just flop all over the place. So again, I asked my neighbor how to fix that. He said, well, you got to take the, the cable out and grease it up and put it back in there and then it won't do that anymore. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. So that's what I did. I went in there and greased up the cable and uh, from underneath the car and put it back in and then it didn't do that anymore so that was pretty uh-huh. fun yeah i remember swede he was uh he was uh, i think i was at his house once if i remember right but uh it was obviously after well after that but uh quite a guy he could really uh really had a lot of knowledge about mechanical things was he a welder even could he do welding i forget yeah what he had a very interesting job. He um, worked for the U.S. Navy 
Um, and he was kind of the hands-on guy to uh, fix, repair, or reinforce airplanes for the Navy. So all of that know-how and skills he had with the Navy, he would bring them home and do those things on weekends and nights. So he he would bring cars home and tear the engines apart and the transmissions apart and then put them back together. Um, he did some pretty odd things, like he took a 1951 Chrysler uh, Windsor limousine, one of those stretch limousines, and he cut it in half, the body, and took the back half of the body on there and left the frame on there and then built a camper on the back of it. And then he also built an aluminum trailer from scratch, which was about 24 feet long, and it had a hydraulic top that if you pushed the button, the whole top lifted up and it had screens that fell down around it. And he he had a boat that he... He did some similar things with and did the engines and, and things like that. But he basically could could work on or fix just about anything as far as I was concerned. And he did do welding and with aluminum. And he also did welding with steel. And he would just make all these parts, these custom parts to when he needed to, to make his vehicles run. So. Yeah, so great. Um, so just to maybe back up a little bit, Kevin, about your family. You had uh, a large family. Yeah, so I was the third child of of eight kids. And so I had a older sister and an older brother. And then uh, beneath me was that brother, Tim, I mentioned before. He was two years younger than me and then I had three younger sisters and then finally the the eighth um uh, child was my brother Jack and I still see and talk with him often as well as the rest of the family but uh, yeah it was a pretty fun time at those times of course in the 60s and that time um Life was pretty simple, you know, they didn't have all the electronics, they didn't have all that stuff, so we would just do a lot of things like go to the beach or or play football or softball out in the street and do all those kind of things to entertain ourselves and ride our bicycles everywhere until it came time to, to own a car, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. That's uh that's uh you know, you had a great family and and still do and and a lot of fun times, I know. Um so what was your next car, Kevin? Do you remember what you what you got after this uh 1960 Hillman? Do you remember? Well, my next car, which is pretty exciting, was uh 1969 Opal Cadet Rally. So Buick sold them, and a friend of my brother's, his dad was the sales manager at a Buick dealership, and I went down there, and he was showing me all these cars, and I really liked them. At that time, they they actually called the car on the advertising on TV and on the magazines, they called it the Mini Brute, and the reason is, is that time these four-cylinder engines they had in there were 102 horsepower. Well, that was pretty much unheard of in those days. 
in um, 1968. So um, he told me that I could buy this car brand new for $2,433. And so I thought, oh, boy, I could probably afford that because at that time I was working for Raytheon, which made aerospace parts for the Navy. And I had enough money that I could pretty easily make a car payment. So I ended up buying this, this Opal, Opal Cadet Rally. So the Rally was the better model and it had black stripes on the side and the, the hood was partially blacked out and it had gauges on the inside with a four speed. And compared to the Hillman, it was amazing. It had like twice as much horsepower, I think, as than the Hillman did. And so it was really, really a fun car to have. So I set it up so with surf racks on the top and um, put a stereo in it also so I could play all my music and set it up in a similar way that the Hillman was. But it was brand new. It had black interior and bucket seats and all of those kind of things. And uh, it was it was quite the little car. It was really fun. It was a fast, it was a fast back and, um, it got, you know, good mileage for that time. And it was kind of a metallic gold color, not like a bright gold, but kind of a dull, uh, gold color with these black stripes. And it was really a fun car and I had really a lot of fun with that car also. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fun. So boy, buying a brand new car, at that age, which is kind of what Gail did too. She bought that Capri uh, as her second uh-huh. car. And uh, yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't realized or heard that story about your, your second vehicle there. But anyway, well, we probably should wrap it up here, Kevin. Uh, you know, we're getting close to uh, our time frame. I really appreciate you sharing it. It's uh, really interesting to hear about this Hillman. And again, it was a 1960 Hillman. What did you call it? Hillman? Yeah, the model was called Husky. In other words, they had a sedan and they had this little wagon type of thing that that I have I have pictures of if what I I'm about hoping you'll yeah, maybe I'll ask you to send me some pictures so we can put a few on the website um to people to see that. That'd be great. So anyway, thank you Kevin. I really appreciate your time and your willingness to do this for us and uh It's a fun story, and uh, I think we'll end it there for now. 